I'm Dora Vandekamp. I have been on a mission for the last 16 years to discover the world's most powerful beauty secrets. The Biohack Your Beauty podcast is a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. And now, on to the show. Hi, Dr. Amber. How are you today? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad we connected. Me too. I have so many questions for you. I feel like we're going to go down some really cool rabbit holes. Um, And you are the peptide doc. And I feel like we're just going to dive deep into peptides. So let's start at the beginning. What's a peptide? It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So a lot of people who hear that word peptide, they usually will think about the maybe the peptide the collagen peptides that they have in their cabinets or potentially a lot of skincare products will say they have peptides uh hair conditioner a lot of hair products will talk about peptides in there as well and so uh, our body will uh, produce peptides they're really signaling molecules and then we can also eat them in our food right so why food is medicine and so when we eat a piece of protein that breaks down into those peptides, which are just chains of amino acids, and then that peptide can break down to that individual amino acid, which is a building block for cells and all, all sorts of uh, molecules, signaling molecules in the body. So when we administer a peptide, it's a little bit different uh, than maybe the collagen peptide supplements. We're using them therapeutically in medicine to signal different pathways Uh, we can signal pathways for hair regeneration for collagen synthesis in the skin to wake up the stem cells in the hair follicle to repair wounds and help lay down uh, collagen cross-linking that is healthy we can use them for really restoring immune function and gut function and helping with brain function so there's really no place no system of the body that peptides don't uh, affect and there's very specific uses of each for a a specific need like skin hair gut health wow it's so amazing um how do you administer a peptide if you're doing some kind of therapy do you take it in like a pill form do you do like um, injections what does that look like yeah so there's different forms and you mentioned a few of them so there is a capsule form which is available widely available as a supplement something like bpc 157 which we can talk about it also comes in a cream format bpc and that stands for body protection compound so bpc is something that our body already makes that's the great thing about peptides when we're using them therapeutically is they're very uh recognizable to the body there's something that our body already makes that understands how to use it and therefore the side effect profile is pretty low so bpc comes in a capsule a lot of them come in capsules there are also injectable forms that are done subcutaneous injection have you done a subcutaneous injection before i have not but i'm going to Some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually much easier than than most people think. When you think about needles, it's like, oh gosh, I have to do an injection on myself. But it's much easier than a B12 shot or any other sort of injection. It's very superficial, and the amount that you inject is usually about the size of your pinky nail, so it's wow. very small. That's amazing. There's also topical creams that we use for aesthetics. We'll talk about a lot of those things like GHKCU that copper peptide, as well as uh, we have KPV cream, which I use in acne and psoriasis, a lot of inflammatory skin conditions. So KPV. Uh, and then we also have a, these, this other form where we can administer it, which is a patch that you just put on, apply to the skin, and it's absorbed via the system called iontophoresis. So 
Uh, if we were to just kind of slap some of these peptides, even things like NAD, if we just put the serum on the skin, nothing really happens. It's not bioavailable, but we can use this specific patch that will allow it to be absorbed into the skin. And so that's another route of administration for some people. Wow. That's amazing. So when you are thinking of specifically, right, because there's so many peptides, it sounds like when you're thinking of like the skin and the hair, where do you begin? Do you do testing to see kind of what's going on? What's the reason why this is happening? Or do you just say, okay, there's a peptide for that. Let's go. Yeah, it really, so it depends. I do run a lot of lab testing. I run stool panels looking at gut health and leaky gut. Uh, I run hormone panels like the Dutch test, which is this dried urine test where we look at really different puzzle pieces with the hormones, looking at how we're metabolizing hormones and are we making proper amounts and how is potentially medication overload uh, impacting the liver? What are our neurotransmitters? We do run, I do run a fair amount of testing. And the peptides are used in conjunction typically with other, other uh, therapeutic options. So supplements, things like vitamin D, maybe melatonin, uh, omega-3s, we're using them in conjunction often. But there are times where I have women who are chronically ill that come to me and they've really seen so many other practitioners. And the one thing that they really haven't incorporated, they may be on supplements, they may have had a lot of labs run already. The one thing that they may not have tried is some of the peptide therapies. And so it just really depends on where that woman is at. Is she at the beginning of really investigating what's going on or is she later on in that process and she just really wants to incorporate a specific peptide therapy to see if that could make a change? Mm -hmm for her. So mm -hmm. yeah, but the lab testing is really important, especially when we're using peptides for gut health, inflammation in the gut, IBD, IBS, bloating, uh, food sensitivities. Testing. Yeah. Would you recommend getting, doing peptide therapy without a lab test? Or do you think it's really important to get like the, a really good idea of what's going on? I think you, it's really helpful to have, uh, even in black and white, to validify the symptoms for somebody. It's not absolutely mandatory uh, for some of these peptides. Like the, the BPC is a commonly, people will buy that online and try that. And there are, uh, there are some contraindications for some of these peptides, which is why you really want to work with a practitioner and you want to source them from compounding pharmacy where they've been tested for quality with a machine called an HPLC machine and uh, you know avoid yeah buying some of the online uh, products that exist that aren't through a compounding pharmacy that's the biggest thing yeah I can yeah. imagine people going on Amazon and like searching for <laughs> all kinds of stuff on there but that's probably not the wisest way to get your your peptides <laughs> Yeah. And you think about, you know, you and I, we, we pay a lot of attention to our food and the supplements that we put in our body. And so you think about if you're going to inject something uh, into your body that you purchased online, we, we want a quality, you know, we don't want to suffer in quality if we, if we pay attention to quality in other areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's such a there's just a connection to having somebody support you in this process. I think unless you really have the education behind it, I think just reaching out to somebody who is an expert in that area. And because this is a, such a growing field and it's, I mean, there's so much information and I think it can get really overwhelming too, especially with all the different peptides out there. Yeah, yeah, there is, there's, there's more information than there has been historically, but that's been a part of the work that I'm doing too, is to put more educational pieces out there to understand many of, of these peptides, but then really working with a practitioner, asking certain questions, because there are certain contra contraindications or potential side effects, even though they're really, really quite low for many of these these peptide therapy options. One, one in specific that comes to mind is this peptide called melanotan 2. Are you familiar with that one? I'm not. Okay. 
Yeah, it's uh, so it's essentially a, a peptide. It works on this system in our body called the melanocortin system that governs our appetite, our libido, our sleep, and the melanocytes, the melanin in our skin. Mm. And okay. And so we know that uh, women patients who are affected with mold or mycotoxin illness, they tend to have lower levels and lower signaling happening in the system of the body called the melanocortin system that governs all of these different, uh, you know, wake sleep cycle and skin tanning, all these different things. So we can add in this peptide called melanotan 2 to boost uh, this marker that we can actually, we do test on labs. I run, uh, if somebody has mold exposure or if we suspect that they do called alpha MSH melanocyte stimulating hormone. So we can give this peptide as an injection into the abdomen and it can boost that alpha MSH level that's low. And what that will produce is, uh, skin tanning for one. A lot of people use it cosmetically for that healthy glow. You don't even have to go into the sun to get wow. that. It, it will tan you regardless. <laughs> um, As someone who's been pale her whole life, yes, I totally oh. think I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna look into that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, and it has these other benefits. So we call it the the tropical vacation peptide because it <clears throat> not only can it tan your skin, but it can boost libido. Uh, it can reduce appetites. Uh, it can reduce inflammation levels. So it has this anti-inflammatory aspect to it as well, it can modulate those two arms of the immune system, the Th1, Th2. And so I like to use it for, uh, not only for the skin tanning element, but for somebody who is feeling more inflamed, more fatigued, uh, they may want the tanning benefits. For some people that's a benefit, for some people that's a side effect. And so that's one other option for many women. The only way to get tan is to sit out in the sun, go to a tanning bed, get a spray tan. And many of those are not um, healthy long-term. They can age your skin faster. Right. Right. Yeah. So with that um, melatonin, is that what it's called? melanotan melanotan so um with that specific one how would you apply that would you recommend doing a patch would you inject that like what is the usual process or does it vary with person to person yeah that one only comes as an injection at this point Mm. so if for someone who is not very terrified of needles that's probably not not the best option and we'll look at some other options to modulate or lower in inflammation or work on other aspects. If they do have mold and they don't want to do an injection, there's an intranasal spray. There's other options that they can use, but yeah, that one's an injection and it's, uh, done. I dose it really slow and really low. The one thing is, uh, if you dose it too high and too quickly, uh, and you, you use it over a long period of time, you can actually notice the darkening of some of the moles and mm-hmm. freckles. And so you really want to, there are, that's one of the side effects of things to be aware of. It can darken some of those freckles and moles. What about melasma? Does it, does it, um, darken melasma or does it affect melasma at all? You know what? It hasn't, uh, there hasn't been any research in melasma, but there's another, there's another skin condition, a pigmentation issue that's used really successfully in, uh, forget the actual condition, uh, but it can help with uh, issues of depigmentation. So where there's areas of the skin that are depigmented, I know melasma is a darkening of pigmentation. It's not necessarily indicated in melasma, but, but definitely you can consult your practitioner. If you do have some sort of skin tone pigmentation changes, uh, it could be an option for evening that out. That's amazing. What are some other um peptides that you would start with when it comes to the skin and, and helping with anti-aging with the skin? Yeah. So there's a peptide called GHKCU and it's, these are all very, uh, kind of biochemical names. (laughs) I I like the tropical tan one. I feel like that's such a, 
uh, easier thing to remember. I want the tropical tan peptide. That's the one I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the tropical tan one, melanotan, there's a, there's a peptide called GHKCU and the GHK stands for the three amino acids. So we talked about how these peptides are just amino acids hooked together. And so it's glycine, histidine, and lysine. Those are those three amino acids. And it's attached to a copper molecule. And so you know about copper, our body uses that as an essential cofactor to make collagen in the mm -hmm. skin, similar to vitamin C and some of the other nutrients, copper is definitely necessary. And so uh, there's been some really good research on GHKCU and how it can improve blood flow to the skin. So we think about how does our skin repair? It needs to get rid of waste and also bring in nutrients into the skin. And that has to do with uh, the ability, uh, the blood vessels to bring that nutrition to the cell to repair. It can boost collagen, it can boost elastin. Uh, it can also boost that, what we call the GEGs or the glycosaminoglycans, which are really responsible for the health of those deeper layers of skin. Mm -hmm. So it can repair that. It can also support these cells called fibroblasts. And whenever you hear the word blast, that's the cell that's starting to make a lot of those collagen elastin fibers, the connective tissue in the skin. So it can boost that. And there's been some research on how, uh, on women who have used just the GHKCU, how it can boost collagen by up to 70% in studies, as well as a 36% decrease in wrinkles among wow women. so that's amazing it's really uh phenomenal it's signaling the cell to the skin cells to repair that's amazing too because i think for so many of us we're like in a space where you think okay you can only prevent right like you're kind of here you are you for me i think i i definitely didn't wear enough sunscreen during my 20s and, um, I think I did a lot of other stuff, right. I started biohacking at like 19. So I feel blessed about that, but you know, you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I'd done that differently. Oh, well, at least I'm here, but actually turning back the clock, actually repairing and regenerating, that is a whole new level of anti-aging. I mean, that's, that's like incredible that that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where exactly as you said that's where a lot of these peptide therapies become a phenomenal option is for conditions of aging when the cell starts to decline it's not repairing as well uh, we get more dna damage oxidative stress which definitely shows up in our skin right when we have a lot of uh, sun exposure photo damage we get sunspots and so the ghkcu can be a phenomenal option. We also know that your your plasma levels will decrease as you age. So when you're 20, the average uh, plasma level is about 200 nanograms per milliliter. And then by the time you're 60, it's less than half of that. So it's about 80 nanograms, so 280. So it drops and we can reintroduce this signaling molecule that your body already knows, it already makes it, but it just decreases as a result of aging to repair. Uh, that skin tissue. So GHKCU is a phenomenal one. And I like to use that. There's actually this combination called the Botox-like peptides. Ooh, that sounds good. I like that. <laughs> so there's three different peptides in that combination. And I use this. I have it. It's a skin cream. I use it with a lot of women in my practice. Uh, so these three Botox-like peptides, you have GHKCU, which we just talked about. And then you have one called argireline, which is another peptide, six amino acids in length, also really phenomenal for reducing the fine lines and wrinkles and promoting collagen. So it's a rock star there. Uh, and it's been studied. There's trials on all of these in women where they're showing the notable reduction in wrinkles, so up to 30%. Uh, wrinkle reduction with just that one peptide. So argiline is the, the second one. And then the third one in that Botox-like peptide sequence is called lufazil. Mm. 
And these are all you know biochemical things. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just call them the Botox like peptides, but the Lufazil actually has that action at uh reducing acetylcholine, mm. which is the molecule that causes our muscles to contract. You think about what Botox does, it paralyzes that muscle, right? So Lufazil is the one that's really acting on binds this receptor called the enkephalin receptor. Uh, decreases calcium and essentially your muscle can't contract as hard and we know that the the muscles contracting are what actually cause the smile lines or those frown lines and so those three together are a beautiful blend that really fit into i think natural medicine or or natural therapies to signal our our skin to age well age better wow and so this is in a cream is that how you apply it Yep. In a cream, you can get all of those in a cream. You could just use GHKCU. You can use Argeline uh, and Lufazil and GHKCU together. The other place that I find these really helpful is for wounds and scars. So women that I work with that are having, they're coming out of surgery and they have a scar, could be any surgery, or they uh, get a deep cut or some sort of injury. We can use these topical creams, especially GHKCU. That one's actually, we found it when we were researching wound healing and how it helps uh, the, the proper collagen cross-linking, right? Because of a, a wound that looks really gnarly and, and ugly, it does have collagen, but it's, yeah. it's really not cross-linked appropriately. Mm-hmm. So the GHKCU can do that and help with that scar healing. That's amazing. So with the cream, right? Because I think of like skincare and, and the way that skincare works. Um, how does it actually absorb into the skin? Is that something because I think of like a cream, you know, and like we have there's all kinds of skincare these days, but how much of it actually absorbs into the body? How does it absorb so well into the body? Yeah, I believe it's lipophilic. There's the compounding pharmacies have made a formulation that has been shown to be bioavailable. Wow. Absorbed into the skin. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, yeah, I don't know the the exact what they put in it to make it bioavailable into the skin, but they've shown that it it is absorbed and it's producing that effect. Uh, the other thing too is not the not the argeline and lufazil, but the GHKCU can actually be injected uh, into the abdomen it can have a systemic effect. So for women who really want to address just the face or just the neck line where they're noticing a lot more wrinkling and aging spots, they can apply that cream. But if they really want more of a systemic effect of the GHKCU, that copper peptide, they can get that with the actual injection. Is there a difference in the way that it um, shows up? Like if you're getting something injected, you said it's like systemic. And I always think, I mean, that is the foundation of biohacking, right? It's like, even with anti-aging, it's, it's not something that's just topical. It's internal, right? We talk about gut health. We talk about inflammation. This is what creates aging in the skin. So when you think of like injecting it into the body, um, what is kind of the process of that when it comes to the way that it affects your skin and, and your hair and all of that? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a great question. So the interesting thing about peptides is once, once it is injected, uh, your body's very intelligent and it essentially will have a systemic effect. So it'll go to the site at which it's needed. So if that is hair thinning, hair loss, you're having a lot of oxidative stress, poor, uh, blood flow to the scalp. So as we age, our capillaries that will feed our skin and our our hair follicles those tend to become less effective at delivering that those nutrients right it's the same thing that happens in uh, ed erectile dysfunction where we lose the capillary function in the in the end of those blood vessels so uh ghkcu has been proven to restore that and improve what we call angiogenesis or improving that capillary delivery to the scalp, to the face, to the skin, uh, to really every part of the body that might need healthy blood flow. And so we like to use it for hair restoration as well, for that reason, 
you can apply it topically. You can also do the injection. It's been used uh, also with microneedling or some microtrauma to the scalp, BRP, mm -hmm. that rich plasma. You can add GHKCU to that, that copper peptide, and improve the blood flow, improve the, they notice the size of the follicle growing. There's a lot of studies about using it for hair regeneration as well. Wow, that's amazing. So when you're doing, like if you were going to do microneedling on the face and the neck, yeah, I know they do like the PRP, which is the platelet-rich plasma, but could you add the peptides to the skin as well, like you do with the hair? Yes. Yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, there's, there's certain ones that uh, for the hair, they come in more of a an oil base that you can actually apply to the scalp, whereas many of the the skin peptides are in more of a cream base. Mm. Uh, that, that's like a, a night cream, essentially, what you'd use as a night cream. Amazing. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about hair, because I know that that's a big concern for a lot of people. I know that some of us have, for me, I feel really lucky. I feel like my hair is still kind of the same as it's always been but I've also never had children. I'm still in my thirties. So one of the things I know that happens is a lot of women, their hair tends to get thinner. Um, so what are some of the things that they can do as far as peptides are concerned? Yeah, gosh, you know, that that's such a relevant question. I see so many women with hair thinning and hair loss. And during 2020, the uh, Google search term for hair loss post COVID was, I think, one of the, the top search terms in Google. Wow. A lot of people dealing with that right now. It can happen after any sort of viral infection as well. Yeah. So, yeah, hormone changes, pregnancy, postpartum, high prolactin levels during that phase can, can really impact its stress. Uh, we know that stress can actually. Uh, you know, really damage hair follicles, lots of oxidative stress. So yeah, what are, what are things that can be done to restore some of the, the hair follicles, the blood flow? Of course, the approach that I take is inside out and outside in. And so we are looking at gut health and nutrient absorption, right? If you have that leaky gut intestinal permeability situation where food is leaking through, uh, particles in your immune systems reacting and get a lot of inflammation and that in itself can wreak havoc in uh, what what we call accessory organs right your your body is gonna is very smart it says hey if i only have so much energy i'm gonna give it to the essential organs hair is very much an accessory organ uh to us we don't really need it for life and so it'll it'll divert uh nutrients to the lungs the heart uh, the essentials away from reproduction and away from hair. <laughs> so, so we can use peptides, not only for repairing the gut lining. I like to start there with many people restoring the immunity and, and working on the gut health. That's usually phase one for many people. And then we can use some of these topical peptides in conjunction. Uh, and then I forgot to mention hormones. I mean, I always am running a lot of hormone panels and looking at, you know, high testosterone, high DHT can cause hair thinning for men and women. High cortisol levels can do that. So we're really working on optimizing all of those pieces, right? The holistic plan. But uh, yeah, we, for hair loss, specific for hair loss peptides, you mentioned, we have the GHKCU, which has actually been shown as effective as minoxidil for treating that we call androgenic alopecia. So related to those high testosterone levels. And uh, that copper peptide, again, is really important for collagen synthesis, also for hair as well. And we know that the copper peptides can move. There's, there's these different stages of hair growth. So anagen is that growth phase and telogen is that more dormant phase. So where the, the hair is not growing. And so the GHKCU can actually move that hair follicle from that dormant phase into that growth phase again and keep it there longer, which is pretty remarkable uh, as well. 
So that's one of the things. And then we already talked about GHKC so can really help with the uh, capillaries, the blood flow to the scalp, which is also really important to deliver nutrients, take waste away from the cells. Uh, there's another couple peptides that I like to use here too. One is called PTD-DBM. And the reason we call it that is because the actual name is very long and biochemically compl complicated. So uh, PTD-DBM has been researched for hair thinning and hair loss as well. I use that in a lot of men. Women can use it as well. Uh, I, these are actually all available over the counter, by the way. You can get a combination of PTD-DBM with valproic acid. That really helps with uh, this pathway that we research that's involved in, in balding individuals. It's called the Wendt-B-Catenin pathway. And so we know that when people have an upregulated Wendt-B-Catenin pathway, they tend to have a lot of hair thinning and hair loss. And so the PTD-DBM will suppress that pathway and help awaken and allow the, the follicles to grow again. Wow. So what if somebody has like, um, they're not having thinning hair, but maybe they want thicker hair. Is that something that you can use these peptides for as well? Yeah. Yep. You can use them for, for the full spectrum. So I have people who just noticed they more, maybe have a little bit more thinning. Of course, there's so many aspects to, uh, losing hair. It could be breakage from styling and, and certain reasons, but we can absolutely apply, even if it's just, you feel like your hair is falling out or you're noticing a, a big ball of hair every time you take a shower. Many women will share that uh, as part of their hair loss experience. Yeah, you can use it if you have a full head of hair and you want it to be thicker and healthier and grow longer and, and protect your hair. Absolutely, you can use the peptides there too. Wow, that's, it's incredible. Cause I feel like that's always been my thing. Like I. I have a lot of hair, but it's, it's fine, you know? And I'm like, huh, I always wanted thicker hair and you never think it's possible until biohacking. Here yeah. we go. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's really working on these fundamental systems. We know how to awaken the stem cells and the hair follicle. We know how to bring better blood flow to the hair follicle. Why not do that? If we have those tools to do that, it's more just uh, understanding that how these can help and, and knowing about them. Many people just don't know about peptide therapy or the, the cosmetic uses as well. Yeah. So what about energy? Because I know that that's kind of the other side of it is like a lot of, a lot of my clients, I think this is just generally across the board is people feeling like they don't have enough energy and they want to do all these things. And even especially, you know, you're here with your thick hair and your beautiful skin, you have no energy. What do we do? What are some peptides for that? Oh, yeah. So when, when I work with a lot of women, the approach that I take is a, a mitochondrial approach. And I'm sure you're very familiar with the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. This is a big topic in the biohacking space. And so the, the quick and dirty of the mitochondria story is this is the part of the cell that produces energy, produces ATP, which fuels our muscles and our brain cells, our nervous tissue, uh, it powers them. And so typically what we'll notice if we're, our, our mitochondria start to suffer, we may notice issues in those two systems. So potentially muscle weakness, fatigue, you're trying to work out, you're just not able to push the amount of force, uh, brain fog lots of fatigue, energy issues uh, in terms of your work, maybe needing to sleep a lot, right? And, and mitochondrial issues can manifest in so many different ways uh, as well. So we know that there's uh, a link between mitochondria and the cortisol production is really made in the mitochondria. A lot of these other hormones, specialized in women's hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, they're made in the mitochondria. So if we have subpar function there, we end up seeing lots of changes in hormones, which can also lead to fatigue. And so I think about, you know, I work with a lot of women who are moms running businesses. They, uh, they're doing a hundred things and there's so many things that are on their shoulders. And I always tell them, I'm here to support you. You know, what, what can we bring on board to support you, uh, under that, 
the things that you cannot remove from your life that are responsibilities of yours. And so part of that, I think many times is supporting the mitochondria, which is supporting their hormones, supporting their cortisol production, uh, instead of burning the candle at both ends. And, and many women will, you know, rely on coffee uh, throughout the day or caffeine, just something to keep them awake. And that really ends up depleting the mitochondria over time, right? We're constantly pulling extra cortisol, tomorrow's cortisol out of the mitochondria <laughs> to be made. And, and that leaves us more fatigued in the long run, right? That can lead to that adrenal fatigue situation. And so, yeah, typically when we, when we start to see, and fatigue could be related to so many things. It could be related to a past chronic viral issue like EBV, CMV. It could be a mold exposure. I uh, had some chronic fatigue at one point, probably due to mold exposure. Uh, it could be due to you're not getting into that deep restorative sleep at night. You may be sleeping, uh, but things can be interfering with that. It could be so many different reasons. But oftentimes when we look at uh, hormones, we look at, at gut health, food sensitivities could be another cause. It's very multifactorial. Uh, but I have seen women improve often when we address that mitochondrial piece for them. And that could be uh, things like NAD, that could be L-carnitine, a lot of these flavino uh, flavonoids, these uh, phytochemicals that protect that cell, protect from oxidative stress and damage, protect from sun damage. A lot of times when I go out in the sun, I'll have uh, vitamin C in water, like a liposomal vitamin C. And I know that I'm giving myself this internal sunscreen as well as applying it topically. So we need all those phytochemicals to protect us from the inside out too. Oh my gosh. I love that you mentioned that because I think so many of us don't, we we're so kind of like, uh, conditioned about sunscreen, you know, that we think, okay, the sunscreen is just something you apply, but it's really so determinant of diet and how many nutrients you're getting because your body naturally produces sunscreen. Right. And so I think that that's really important. Even just that vitamin C and, and water, when you go outside, that's so, that's such a good little tip. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it tastes good. You know, it's a, it tastes like a refreshing, healthy beverage with vitamin C. So yes. it's the protection antioxidants. Amazing. I love that. What do you feel like, um, like, do you feel like lifestyle? I know that you're a naturopathic doctor. So when you are working with women and you're working with peptides and, and doing this therapy with them, do you feel like the lifestyle component is really important complementary wise to that therapy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the beautiful thing is uh, we call it holistic medicine for this reason of we're really looking at every element of life. I want to know with the woman that I'm working with, if they're in a stressful work environment, if they're in a stressful home life relationship, I mean, all of these factors play a role in, in terms of how fast we age even. Uh, and, you know, it's different for every woman. Some women have lots of kids. Some women are working two jobs. Some women are running a podcast and, and in the corporate world as well. And so it's, there's so many uh, times and places where I think women don't really have strategies on board to support the level of energy of, that they're outputting. Right. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we think about the importance of sleep for cellular repair and when I think about peptide therapies, I think about it's, it's a biohack for cellular repair, mm -hmm. right? We can do this all like, for example, many of these peptides, we can take them. I recommend taking many of them at night before bed, because we're about to enter into that cellular repair cycle. So we're about to optimize that, right? We're going to give you things that are going to help you repair even more, uh, improve autophagy, improve the lymphatic system, cleaning out that the brain, uh, the lymph drainage. So the, the peptides are, are somewhat of a, a biohack to getting there. We could fast, we can sleep, we can hydrate, we can you know in, include all of these flavon, flavonoids and phytochemicals that protect our, our skin, protect our cells. Peptides are another thing that you can up the ante in terms of that cellular repair. 
for every system. It's not just skin, but it's it definitely relevant for aesthetics and, and beauty. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love it. So if you were to begin, let's say somebody, you know, I know our listeners, probably a lot of them are going to be like, okay, I'm going to go do the peptide thing. What would be the way for them to start? Where would they begin? Mm. Yeah. So I would say an, an inside out approach is it tends to be the best route. Uh, so oftentimes that is assessing and, and you may have symptoms, gut symptoms, fatigue, uh, things you're noticing about brain fog, insomnia, uh, heavy periods, cramping, certain things around your cycle that you're noticing more acne. And so there are, uh, you know, we can do testing and we can really look at what's what's driving that it's important to assess what that might be and for so many women there's a triggering event like an exposure to a virus or a mold or for some women now it's it's covid but uh it could be any any sort of predisposing factor a car accident emotional uh, trauma that happened and so looking at how those might have impacted or put your your body sometimes we can get into this feed forward cycle of inflammatory signaling and how do we how do we get that in control peptides can help in that process uh but yeah looking at those root causes and then adding in you know sometimes i'll 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 always have an internal approach but we can add in some of these topical peptides as well because they will anything you put on your skin is absorbed into your bloodstream, right? right? Yeah. And just like the food that you eat. So it's really important what you put on your skin, including sunscreen and all of the, all of the creams, all the beauty products that we use that could be endocrine disruptors and uh, potentially also signal our cells to do something that we don't want. Whereas when we apply peptides, we're signaling ourselves to do something that was protective and helpful, right? Yeah. So yeah, looking at the, the root cause, uh, gut health immunity, I usually start with some of those fundamental pillars and then looking at hormones that might be driving uh, potentially faster aging. We know that estrogen is really protective for healthy skin as we age. We don't want way too much estrogen, but we definitely don't want really low levels either. Uh, and then looking at testosterone for, lot, for many women, when they have really high testosterone, they can have hair thinning and hair loss. Uh, they can have more acne and oily skin, oily hair. And so these hormones really drive uh, many of the symptoms that we have. So we start there and then adding in these peptides for more optimization and and uh, protecting these tissues as we age, we're restoring and repairing the collagen or, or the hair follicle. Um. And one thing I think that probably a lot of people are wondering as well, like, what is the cost of all of this? Like, what are some of the, um, kind of ranges when you look at, I know probably injections are, are probably a little bit different than a cream or something, but what are we, what would we be looking at? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So many of, and it depends on the clinic and, and who you're working with, but it's, I would say to find a high quality injectable peptide, you're gonna, it's usually a, a five mil vial, which could last anywhere from usually one to three months, depending on how you dose it. Uh, that's the injectable vial. It's usually 300, sometimes more, depending on the clinic. Just because they go, they undergo rigorous testing, they're through a compounding pharmacy, they're prescribed through a physician. So there's, there's definitely more that goes into that process. Uh, so that's typically what it is for, or an injectable form. A lot of the creams are less expensive uh, in the $100 to $200 range, depending on how much volume you get and, and what's in it. And if it's a combination, you know, it, it could be variable. Some of the hair peptides that I talked about are in the range of $75 for that little vial that you would use, that dropper that you just put on the scalp. And they last a pretty good while as well. So really, Compared to many of the other regenerative medicine techniques, like PRP, cells, like exosomes, I mean, that are in the $1,000 range, anywhere from generally 1000 to $10,000 or $15,000, the peptides are really doable for many people financially as well, and easy to incorporate. You, many of them you can use from home. 
You don't have to go into an office to get an infusion. You can learn how to use the creams, the capsules. There's even intranasals. We didn't mention that. The injections, perhaps, uh, from home. So it becomes really easy and cost-effective for many people. I'm actually really surprised that the cost, because I, I mean, I think like, um, thinking of aesthetics too, and, and, um, yeah, just that industry, there's so many things. Like, even if you think of like a Botox peptide versus a Botox, Botox is, is really expensive. Right. And that's, so you think of like, you're actually regenerating and you're actually kind of building. I always think of health and biohacking with beauty. It's like a bank account. And every time you put something in, right. It, it grows. It doesn't go away. You build on that. And so I love that because I think that in, in a sense, it's a lot more cost-effective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you are, uh, really getting to repair that tissue. So I love, that's an amazing analogy. I love the bank account analogy. You're depositing into better skin for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. And I always think too, I mean, in this health world we're in, like we, we always talk about living a really long time. And, and I think you, you want to look great, you know, and maybe not even for anyone else, but for yourself too, you want to be able to be like, I love how I look and I'm a hundred years old, but I look great. You know? So I feel like yeah. the things we're doing now in our, our thirties, our forties, our fifties, even whatever, you know, even in our seventies and eighties, we, we want to feel good about these choices. And I think that, um, and probably by the time we're in our eighties, I mean, it's going to be a whole other world with peptides. I think it will be like, we'll probably have vending machines or something. It'll be a totally different (laughs) experience, but I love that. And the other question I, I have is when we're looking for somebody to uh, work with, what would you look for? How do you know that it's high quality? Yeah. So the, I'll give a couple links that people can go find a practitioner at. Uh, I was trained by A4M, which the, is the Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine in peptide therapy. And so that's where you go through this rigorous multi-day training. You're with a bunch of other doctors in a room talking about cases and indications, contraindications, when to use these what are all of the, uh, the research on many of these peptides? And so finding a practitioner either through A4M, you can go to their website, which is a4m.com. You can look for a practitioner and you can search via specialty. So you can actually look for somebody who has peptide therapy or PRP or hormone replacement therapy or whatever you're looking for on, on that website. Uh, there's also another, there's two other organizations. One of them's called the IPS, the International Peptide Society. I'm a member of that organization. And so they also, uh, you can go to their website, just look up IPS or International Peptide Society. You'll find them. They have practitioners that are trained, that are licensed, that are in different states uh, where it might be accessible to meet with them. And then the other one is SSRP, which is Dr. Seeds. He's one of the, he wrote a book on the peptides, which is on Amazon. Really phenomenal book, especially for anybody who's new to it. It's called uh, Peptide Protocols Volume One by Dr. William Seeds. It's a great manual. It's not expensive. And it just runs through all of the peptides, lots of them that we talked about. But he has the SSRP. You can Google that. You can reach out to them and they can connect you with a practitioner in your area that is in their, their peptide therapy trained group of doctors. And there's still not a lot of us, to be honest. There's not a lot of doctors. There are, there are regenerative medicine and there are doctors who are doing a lot of anti-aging therapies, but there's uh, not as many peptide therapy trained practitioners at this point. It's growing, but it's have to kind of go out of your way to find one. It's amazing. Well, I'll make sure to link all the links you just mentioned down below and a link to the book as well. Cause I feel like that's just something for a lot of people. Um, if they want to learn more about yeah. this. So I have a few questions that we ask all of our guests. So I would love to ask you as well. Um, yes. Dr. Amber, what is your definition of beauty? Mm. I would have to say loving who you are and and how you show up in the world mm. and letting that flow off onto others i love it that's yeah. amazing beautiful and 
What is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Hmm. Well, we already talked about the peptides. I mentioned the vitamin C. I think, you know, I I use a lot of anti-inflammatory things like turmeric, but vitamin C, I will have to say that my skin improved more when I started including regular vitamin C, at least a gram a day. Sometimes I consume up to three to five grams a day. And my skin just started to glow when I did that. Mm. Um, in addition to other you know, phytonutrients as well, flavonoids and uh, other things. But the vitamin C, I think, is a, a, a superpower, especially when you combine that with things like copper. I love it. Do you feel like there's a certain form of vitamin C that, that is the best to take? I use the liposomal form, which is more bioavailable. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have a friend who makes the makes packets. There's lots of liposomal forms though out there. They're just going to be a better absorption than your your regular uh, ascorbic acid. Amazing. Oh, I'm excited. All right. And then where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me in a couple places. Instagram at doctor spelled out d-o-c-t-o-r amber n-d you can also find me at my website which is dramberand.com and then i do have a uh, a few places where they could learn more about peptides so there's a facebook group that is called peptide rx recreate your health you can go to that request to join anybody can join and there's tons of free pdfs information people posting stories and information and questions about peptides. So that's a great resource if you want to get connected to the community. And then um, the other option is they can get a free peptide PDF at peptideplaybook.com. Center your email and that'll be sent off to you. And it walks through some of the peptides that we talked today about today and more. Amazing. I'll make sure to link everything down below. Thank you so much. This was so amazing. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to dive deeper into this world of peptides. So thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.